and welcome into another great edition of a strong style. Yep, that is our weekly MMA combat sports and pro wrestling show here at Impact Media. That makes me Jeremy the Impact York. That makes you our amazing listening audience. Man, I was all prepared to come on here and start by telling you how excited I was for the Triller show. And it was. And I'll get into that later. But in uh, the show getting delayed, uh, we, we were uh, shooting for Monday or Tuesday to record this. Obviously, it is Wednesday. Uh, something happened Monday night. Something happened Monday night that we all kind of saw coming. And the person, the main person involved, even called their shot. But yeah, you know, we know WWE. WWE dangles things and then takes them away. And then dangles things and takes them away. We know about that. They have botched and screwed up a lot of really good stories they could have told over the years in various ways. Holy crap. Did they get this one right? And I'm starting right there. What happened? Big E cashed in his money in the bank. He is the new Raw heavyweight champion. How did it happen? Well, let's uh, let's just go to the part where we all assume or all know that he had the money in the bank at briefcase. He won the match at money in the bank. The big ladder match. He won it so that he uh, got a guaranteed title shot. And that guaranteed title shot was for a World Heavyweight Championship. Now, he kept teasing the SmackDown, but you don't move it off Roman. We kind of knew it was possibly going to be Raw. So, Here's how it happened. On Monday, yes, I had to watch Monday's show. Usually I don't, I won't watch this, the, the current week's shows before doing this show, but I had to watch it because what I was doing Monday, what I was doing Monday, uh, all of a sudden, I get the alert. Big E cashed in. So I had to go back and watch it. So here's what happened. To start Raw, and I'm not going to tell a lot of Raw-related things outside of this. What happened? Well, it's like this. At the start of the show, um, Lashley gets into it with uh, Randy Orton. It's something I was going to tease this week and say, well, you know, since Lashley and MVP... Or trying to get into the tag team title shots in wars. It'd be only fair if Randy Orton got a title shot. Well, he got a title shot on Monday. And I have to go ahead and tell you. Spoiler alert. When I get to it. But as of. Uh, so so they come out in the beginning. And they, they really hype it up. And Big E is in the middle of it. And he's uh, dangling the briefcase in front of both of them. And then he tells us. 
normally I would not be for doing what he did here. But it's Big E, and my goodness, this is why it was going to work. He point blank says to Lashley, to Randy Orton, I don't care who wins the match later. I'm cashing in tonight. Tonight. Meaning Monday night. So, that leads us to the match. So, this was a good match. And we know... Well, let's let's start a Because Big E has options. Big E can cash in and join this match. That's not a good strategy. He could actually join the match halfway through. Once again, not a real good strategy. He adopts the best strategy possible, except for that the winner's going to know it's not coming. And that, Lashley and Randy Orton have a, uh, a really good match as, as, uh, as two of the thoroughbreds on Raw for sure. And in the WWE, these two are two of the best for a reason. Ultimately, thanks to a little bit of outside interference, I mean, MVP and uh, Riddle are down there, so you know something shenanigans were going to happen. Uh, Lashley is able to hit the spear and pin Randy Orton. And then as soon as the match is over, Big E jumps up, hands the briefcase to the referee, and says, right freaking now. Crowd goes crazy. Hey, he said he was going to cash in. He cashed in. He said, right now. He even let Lashley get up. Because Lashley wasn't incapacitated like most of them are. Most of them just taking advantage. And, you know, it, it is what it is with that kind of stuff. If you take advantage of a situation, a la Miz, a la Edge, they're, they're known as the ultimate opportunists and things like that. And that, you know, Seth Rollins, they like to sneak up on people. They like to do things like that. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. Big E's not one of those guys. He's not conniving. He's just all around. Everybody loves that guy. Everybody loves that guy. We'll get a little more into that in a second. So Big E, in a stand-up way, he says, I'm doing this now. He lets Lashley get up. Match gets announced. Match starts. He takes some good shots at Lashley and knocks him down. And see, they did this great. They didn't make it where it's just uh, the Becky Lynch thing, where it's just like, bam, kind of kind of disrespectful in a way to do it that way. But it is what it is. Instead, they went the respectable route because they, they think highly of Lashley and Big E. And uh, Randy Orton and Riddle cleared out. But Lashley gets knocked down a few times. Big E goes for a few things, not able to get the, uh, the three count. So Lashley gets up. Lashley does a couple things. This goes back and forth. The only thing to keep in mind is that Lashley has just had a big war. But in the end, Big E is able to uh, to uh, catch Lashley. Drops him with the big ending. One, two, three. Big E, your new Raw Heavyweight Champion. Want to know how much... Uh, how respected he is, 
How about everybody in the wrestling world that's ran across him? People in other organizations, people in this organization, either uh, acknowledging him through social media. Uh, what was the best part is, is who was the best people that they could possibly have out there to celebrate with him? Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston of the New Day. And it's, it's, this is what makes you appreciate the ones who work so hard and finally get that moment. Uh, like when Kofi got his moment. Now the Big E gets his moment. I mean, you can't be nothing but excited for Big E at this point. And here's the thing. We know we're going to get a rematch between him and Lashley, but it gives a fresh opponent. And it tells me also that there's a good chance that Lashley and MVP are going to be the tag champs soon as well. But a fresh set, uh, a, a new fresh guy at the top. So, what can he go after? Now that he's the champ, he'll get his rematch versus Lashley, or Lashley will get his rematch. So I that's fine. Uh, then you get, you know, Big E can take on Drew McIntyre. He can take on Sheamus. He can take on uh, Randy Orton. He can take on Keith Lee. He can take on Damian Priest. I mean, there's so many matchups. I hope they let him keep it for a while like they did Lashley. I don't mind if Lashley takes it off of him down the road even. But I just had to leave that. I, I had to leave the show with Big E cashing in. Tonight's episode is called Big E Cashes In. It's just about friggin' time. Like I said, ever since he won that money in the bank, we all knew when he cashed in he was going to get it. A lot of people kept saying it was going to be Roman. It makes no sense to take the belt off Roman when he's about to take on Brock Lesnar. You had to know it was going to be Raw. A lot of people thought, well, Orton will win and then and then lose it to him. No, it looks so much better if he takes it off Lashley because Lashley is making himself into a master main eventer. It's just incredible. Just incredible. And you know what? Since, since we're already talking about Raw, let's talk about Raw from last week. Raw from last week. Uh, like I said, first thing I wrote down, uh, thing I wanted to talk about was RK Bro are the are the tag champs. They took took on Lashley and MVP, and I said I said, well, the heavyweight champ is going for tag gold. Does Randy Orton get a title shot? Well, all we had to do was wait a week, and he did. Now, uh, RK Bro was able to keep the titles on this night, so that's why I'm saying I'm thinking I'm going to see those two teams again, and I think at some point MVP and Lashley could win them, but I don't think they'll keep them for long because MVP is pretty dinged up. He seems really dinged up, and I don't know how much in-ring he can actually add right now. But uh, that was a big thing there. And the other uh, the other big thing I really want to get into, uh, as far as since they broke up or got rid of all the the women's tag teams pretty much outside of about one or two. They're in the process of splitting the other one. Uh, 
you get Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley who are taking on Natalia and Tamina. Non-title bout. Uh, Natalia and Tamina have been jobbing out to dang near everybody recently for who knows what reason. But uh, Nikki Ash and Rhea win that one. They... I'm trying to think. I think Rhea had a match. Actually, they both had a match. They took on uh, one and the other this week. And it's they're just having to do something because, for one... They can only book so many women in the in the, the main spots. And two, they keep getting rid of all the teams, so they had to stick this one together. Uh, and then the other thing, Charlotte defended her women's Raw championship against Nia Jax. We all know Charlotte was going to win. For one, she's Charlotte. Two, they don't want her to leave. And three, her and Alexa are going to get into a pretty cool program here soon that actually kicks up a notch on this week's Raw. Check it out for that. But, no, the reason I wrote this down, I, I knew Nia had no shot. No shot at all. Uh, it seemed very early in the match, they, her and Nia kind of tangle up and make it look kind of cat fight, cat fighty, you know, a little bit. They're kind of scratching and clawing, and they're trying to make it look good. And then I think Nia takes it too far, or she just has no idea what she's doing. She's probably never been in a cat fight. And uh, Charlotte seemed to freak out. She seemed to she seemed to legitimately freak out. Enough to where she said some things on cameras that I don't think, you know, that people didn't necessarily think, or that she didn't necessarily think people saw. There was also the. There was also. Uh, she jumped out of the ring. She grabbed a title belt, and uh, Shayna, who was at ringside, who didn't seem to have much of an idea what was going on. She was just trying to play up the fact that that Charlotte was outside. So she gets in her face a little bit, and saying some stuff, and, and Charlotte looks like she wants no part of it. She tells you get out of her face. Get out of her face. Get out of her face. And I think in a way this is calming Charlotte down, but she very much looks like she's just going to legitimately just walk to the back and just say deuces. We'll go to commercial break, and we come back. She's back in the ring. And her demeanor is a little different. It's it's not – I don't think she was playing that up at all. I think she legitimately – she didn't like the way Nia grabbed her hair or did something. She didn't like it, like uh, like she was trying to get strong-armed or something. And so, she just point-blank was like, I'm out. Luckily, cooler heads prevailed. They are able to get it back in there. But just keep an eye on that, because WWE is, well, they're really on some eggshells. Because Charlotte has options. And they want to keep Charlotte there, as they should. Uh, but like I said, Charlotte has options. Um, her dad and fiance, those are two different people, just want to keep that separate for people who don't know. Uh, her dad, Ric Flair, and her fiance, Andrade El Idolo, have been hanging out at different other promotions and uh, kind of doing some in-ring work together as well. That's kind of cool. Uh, but Andrade is obviously an AEW. AEW would probably drop a third of their roster if they had to to get Charlotte. They don't need to do that, but I'm just saying they would. 
Um, that's the natural place for Charlotte to go, even though if she was smart, she could do a world tour, make billions of dollars, and then pick where she's going. Um, but WWE kind of needs Charlotte. And so they're on eggshells. They're trying not to tick her off. They're trying not to push her too much, unless they are. Because there's always that chance that WWE is trying to run her out by pushing her out, basically. That's what I thought was uh, interesting and entertaining from last week's Raw. The rest of it, outside of some, like the Alexa segments, are, are really fun. Um, you'll, you'll see some fun stuff on, on this week's if you haven't seen it. If you have, go back and watch it again. Uh, let's go to NXT next. Um, it's interesting that ever since Kaylee Ray come over from uh, United Kingdom, she has been, uh, I mean, as they should, debuting people doing quite well. And uh, Ember Moon, uh, her stock is dropping. And uh, I don't know if it's, you know, since they split Ember from Shotzi Blackheart and the cool tag team they had. Of course, Shotzi getting moved up with uh, Tegan Knox to be on SmackDown. And uh, they haven't, they've done a little bit here and there since. But Amber Moon is kind of back in that gray area again where uh, they don't push her for the big title, even though they should. I don't. Know that she ever took on Raquel Gonzalez. Maybe she should be the next one up. The problem is, is they keep having her job out to everybody else. And so she's kind of contemplating her future as far as the on-screen stuff and all. But Kaylee Ray continues to impress. Uh, the Santos Escobar hit row stuff. Or Legado de Fantasma. I wanted to eventually do something. Because at the current moment... All they do is attack each other, they hit each other's faces, make case they have a match against each other. As much as I am against the war games concept and things like that, because you would have a three-on-three. It's not really what you want to do with that. What will more than likely happen will be a uh, table, sliders, and chair, a TLC-type match of some kind. I I could see that, but beyond that, that feud's not really doing much. It's kind of hit a skid. They had a new team debut, Brutus and Julius Creed. They completely laid out two people that they didn't even bother to say their names. Uh, they're a pretty decent team. I want to see what they're going to do when they face actual competition. You know, this is like, uh, now that it's football season, this is like you, you watch your favorite uh, third-round draft pick from this year's draft who uh, shines in the preseason. Well, that's great, but those games don't count. We'll see what he does when he's against the first strings and other things and, and, and other like talents, you know? Anybody can do it. Anybody can do a squash match and look good. We'll see what they're going to do. Uh, KC Squared, as I call them. This is uh, KC Cannizzaro and Caden Carter. I don't know why they don't get a bigger push than they do. They, they've done pretty decent recently, 
Then they got the tag title shot against Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, the most oddball, odd couple team I've ever seen. They don't act much like a team. They're just like two random people. Either way. Uh, of course, the champions retain there. They almost get squashed. KC squared does. And that's my name for them. They, maybe they should go by that. Uh, but uh, GG Dolan... Mandy Rose and uh, J.C. Jane all come out and attack them after the match. I guess they're going to start a little program with them, which kind of continues a little bit this week. I saw a smidge of it. I've not seen all of it yet. But, he, I mean, once again, we, we get uh, an unestablished team that are the champions and then KC Squared that are now that they're all healthy and back together and they've been a really good team. They have a lot of continuity, a lot of chemistry. They're actually a good team. People like them. And they job out to to the random champs again. It's just, I don't get it. Uh, Mei Ying made her debut against uh, Virginia Ferry, and the only reason I know her name is I had to to uh, slow it down and pause it about six times because nobody ever really made much of a mention of her either. But uh, Mei Ying, now that she's making her debut, you just kind of wonder, first of all, why did it take this long? Because she's been around for a little while. And two, where are they going to go with it? Are they going to make all of that whole that whole tribe there together? Or is she just going to kind of, in a way, she's kind of like, she's kind of like Sue Young. That's what she reminds me of. She's a slightly, slightly off the beaten path version, even though Sue Young's pretty off the path. So I want to see what they're going to do with it. Uh, it gives an interesting aspect. I don't know if they're doing it just because it's about to be Halloween time and they're just playing up to that audience because that sounds like a WWE thing. But I don't know. We'll see. It is what it is. Um, the main event was Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch against MSK for the Tag Team Championships. This is a really good match because Lorcan and Birch never lost the titles. They had to give them up when uh, Danny Birch got hurt. Uh, during, a, during a tag team, no, against Champa and Thatcher, I believe. It was not a championship match. But uh, they, got, uh, they got their return matches. Their, their return match. They got their opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, they went against the hottest team in NXT and possibly the WWE in MSK, who retained their titles. Uh, Pete Dunn and Rich Holland were down there as they are part of the uh, fearsome foursome with Birch and Lorcan. And then they turned on them. So it looks like Pete Dunn and Rich Holland are going to go off and do their thing, and Lorcan and Birch are going to go off and do their thing. And as much as I like the four of them together, I think they're better off as... as Two twosomes, so to say. Uh, SmackDown. Let's go to SmackDown. Things you need to know. Brock come down and stirred the pot with Roman. When uh, he looked at Paul Heyman, he goes, uh, the only question I have for you, Paul, is why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? which caused what looked like a little rift. It ended up not being one. But, uh, hey, I like the new Brock. I like the new spin on things. And I am interested to see where that goes. Because, obviously, Roman is going to take on 
Finn Balor. We'll get to that in a minute. Obviously, that is his opponent at Extreme Rules. But the problem is, is knowing that Brock is back and that they're on a collision course at some point, that pretty much tells you Finn probably doesn't stand much of a chance. Even though he should. Either way, uh, during a multi-man match, Sami Zayn called his uh, his new friend. They were in, This was the show in MSG, Madison Square Garden in New York. There is a uh, famous person there. They uh, they brought out a special guest. Sami Zayn did. It turned out to be Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks, which I thought was a little funny. The only problem was is Trey didn't really know how to play things up. So at least a little ways later on when he kind of interfered the match and the referee kicked him out, at least it made Knicks fans happy that Trey Young got kicked out. But uh, I thought it was funny whether Sami Zayn did this, whether WWE did this. I thought it was funny. It's something different. Um, we had Edge versus Rollins in a rematch. Uh, kind of a Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair moment. Went towards the end. Rollins keeps uh, super kicking Edge. And Edge keeps slowly getting back up. And he just keeps going, stop trying to get up. Stop getting up, stop getting up. And then he just pretty much lays him out, wins the match. And then looks like, why'd you make me do that? I can see Rollins, as good a heel as he is, a face turn soon would be nice. Because if he goes against Roman... That would be interesting if Brock doesn't take him out, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think it's time for Edge to kind of disappear again. We're not going to see him around for a little while. This is a way of writing him off. He doesn't need to be around so much. I mean, you know, that is what it is with that. And this is a way to propel Rollins into something bigger. Seth Rollins is one of the top talents in the WWE and just sometimes they run out of stuff for him to do, and it's like, you put him in these situations. So, come up with something. Come up with something. I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. Uh, big Edge fan, too, but big Rollins fan. Rollins, it, I mean, there's speculation that Kevin Owens is going to let his contract run out and probably go elsewhere. A lot of people think AEW, that shouldn't be the automatic answer. Uh, Kevin Owens in Ring of Honor, because that's where he really cut his teeth. And, you know, Kevin Steen, before Kevin Owens, you know, uh, he could go to New Japan. He could go to, actually, Impact Wrestling would not be a bad space, especially with the talent exchange they're all doing right now. All he's got to do is go to one, and he knows he could appear on the others. But we'll see what they're going to do with that. Um, the only reason I wrote down the Street Profits versus the Usos for the Tag Championships is the fact that the Street Profits won, but it's because the Usos got in trouble and Roman jumped in and dropped both of them, so it was a DQ. This is kind of showing that, that uh, when Roman is having to step in to help the Usos, it's annoying him to a different level, and... I think this will play out somewhere down the road. And then at the end of all this, we saw the uh, the demon, Finn Balor, came out all painted up. And uh, that's supposed to be like the other side of him, the darker side. And it's really cool. And, and 
he's basically saying that he's going to be the demon versus Roman at the pay-per-view. That's fine. Maybe he'll go to a, a further degree and things like that. But I just I don't see him winning because why would you take the title off Roman right now when he's one of the best things going in the company and he's on a collision course with Brock Lesnar? It does no good to throw Finn Balor in the middle of this. With that, was WWE for the week. Let's go. Let's go to AEW. Uh, Malachi Black is slowly making his way through the Nightmare Academy. Uh, he took on Dustin Rhodes in this one. It was a really good match. Uh, but Malachi Black, he's going to get that collision course. He's going to go back to face Cody at some point. And we just know that that's coming. So, uh, he took care of him. He, he's just going to drop anybody that comes out. Malachi Black is a really good talent. I want to see what they're going to do with him. Because bringing him in against Cody is one thing. It will really establish him. Where are you going to go? Uh, CM Punk come out. Apparently, it's going to be a weekly thing where he comes out and uh, talks and tells everybody how glad he is to be there and does a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. For some reason, Taz started running his mouth about how Punk has called out people in the, the Taz group. CM Punk looked as lost as the rest of us, but, hey, if it, uh, you know, like CM Punk says, he goes, well, Taz, if you, you just want to keep, you know, trying to pick a fight, then uh, send me Ricky Starks. I think that could be a fantastic match, by the way. Um. I still want to know what the Dan Lambert thing is. I know Dan Lambert is a, a huge wrestling fan. Uh, they've paired him up with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page now where he doesn't have to use his fighters. Dan Lambert runs one of the best, most well-known MMA training companies in the world. Uh, and he's also right, he's not far from, you know, Jacksonville headquarters there. Uh, American Top Team is what he's a part of. Is what he's the, the main brainchild behind. Like I said, he's a huge wrestling fan. Um, I don't get it. He's going to have to pick a fight with somebody I'm not sure he's going to pick a fight with. And I don't understand why they just stick him in the middle of the show with no build-up, no nothing. He needs to crash the announce table or something. So what he needs to do instead of just being randomly up in the rafters. Ruby Soho, otherwise known as Ruby Riot, but Ruby Soho had the uh, clean finish on Jamie Hayter. They're building up Ruby Soho. We know that. Um, it's just way too early. I know she won the Battle Royal and she gets a title shot at some point down in the future against the champion. Her versus Britt, as good as that's going to be, why can't we build that up? Why has it got to be out of the gate? It just, uh, just doesn't make sense. It uh, looks like the Dark Order is going through some things. They're probably going to split at some point. It'll be interesting because I think if they split, may lose a couple members who may uh, go to other places. Or maybe they should do the Bullet Club thing, and a couple of them go to Impact Wrestling. A couple of them go to New Japan, kind of spread the wealth out a little bit. Uh, could be interesting. That's that's what I would do to keep it fresh. You know, since all, you know about a third of each, they're all in like three groups now. Kind of split them up that way. Maybe uh, let a few go to Ring of Honor. It'll work. I mean, I honestly don't want them to split, but 
they push all the other groups and they have everybody run over them. So at some point, they're probably just going to break them up too, which is sad because the Dark Order was the original faction. And they were supposed to be super, super bad, and then they got super popular because of Brody and, and his passing. And, and uh, everybody just likes them. They're really good. They're really funny. They seem like the kind of guys, if the entire AEW roster was at a bar, more than likely you're going to end up having a beer or two or six with members of the Dark Order before you do almost anybody else. It seemed fun. And then uh, the main event was John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki. If you do not know who Minoru Suzuki is, I implore you to look it up. Plus, go watch this match again. He is brutal. He will stretch you out. He will punch you in the face. Suzuki has been wrestling for like 40 years, and he is still on top of his game. Him versus Moxley uh, helps the AEW appearance appearances for both, and it helps the New Japan uh, obligations for Moxley and him as well. It's uh, At some point, New Japan is setting up a California division where they are going to do a lot of tapings out of California because they're in Japan. It's easier to get to California than it is to Florida or anywhere else. So they're going to set up a, a, another kind of like a second brand that they're going to put over there. And you'll have people go back and forth. For the most part, you'll have, you know, uh, most of everybody in the in the main Japanese brand, and then you'll have a third of them over there. That makes it a little easier, especially when you do U.S. tapings. You can send these guys out here, and you keep them, uh, everybody else going to the ones out that way. That brings us to Impact Wrestling. No affiliation. Uh, Tasha Steeles versus Rosemary. Of course, Rosemary ran over her. Tasha's good, but Rosemary is one of the best in the company. She's just a fantastic wrestler. Um, the reason why I wrote this down is because her and Havoc, Rosemary and Havoc are the tag team champions. And they had their belts taken from by Tasha Steeles, just straight up stolen. Why Savannah, who is Steeles' new partner, because Kira Hogan left the company, she's like seeing AEW, uh, took their titles because you know that's the best way to get a title shot is you take something from somebody like their title. That's the only reason I wrote it down. We're going to see that down the road. I would like to see them spend a little more time on their women's tag division or get rid of it. You had a good thing going with fire and flavor, and then you let fire walk. So, got to do something different. Uh, Carl Anderson, machine gun Carl Anderson, took on Rich Swan in a bunkhouse brawl that included uh, Carl Anderson's partner, uh, Big LG Luke Gallows. Of course, Carl won this, but uh, he didn't get a lot of help from Gallows. He got some here and there, but... Carl is the better wrestler of the two by far. Swan put on a good show, but it, it's a brutal bunkhouse match, which means there's all kinds of weapons. It's kind of a hardcore match in a way. Carl's way better suited to that. Uh, Chris Bay took on David Finley. I'm not sure. It's it's kind of like Jay White come over, picked Bay to kind of continue to battle against Finley, who is Jay White's one of his top opponents all the time and I don't know it's just and then now Bay has uh, Hikaleo from the Bullet Club over there to help him out 
He was in AEW a week or a couple weeks ago. Now he's over here. He, he'll he'll do pretty good. He is like I always call it the Tyson Tomko to Chris Bay being Christian. And if you remember back, that's kind of what it is. He's the big muscle to help out Chris Bay to keep people off of him when need be. And uh, he's not a bad wrestler. But uh, we'll see because it's just going to set up Hikaleo and Chris Bay. I believe Hikaleo is uh, Tama Tonga and uh, Tonga Loa's the Gorillas of Destiny. I believe that is their stepbrother or half-brother. I think he's one of Haku's kids. We'll put it that way. I think Haku has four or five that are wrestlers now. But, uh, Hikaleo and Chris Bay are going to take on Juice Robinson and David Finley at some point, probably this week. Um, Macklin took on Petey Williams. Macklin gets the win there. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with him. They have not really put him in a big story yet. Beating Petey Williams is okay. Uh, he joins a long line of people who have done that. Petey's a good worker. He made Macklin look good. Let's move on. Eddie Edwards took on Moose in the main event. That also uh, Moose has a new buddy that hangs out with him, uh, uh, Morrissey. And then Chris Saban come down to crash the party there. That will probably lead to a tag team event coming up this week as well. But at this point, Moose is one of the bigger, better heavyweight talents you have. And then now we're sticking him in some random thing here, like a spot versus Eddie Edwards or Chris Saban or pairing him with, with uh, Morrissey. Morrissey's another one you could really push, but you stick them all together is just ways to waste time at this point, in my opinion. Um, oh, AEW Rampage. Want to talk about that? That's the Friday show. Uh, probably two of the better, or three, yeah, a couple of the better matches of the week. It started off with Andrade El Edilo with Chavo Guerrero, some other random person, versus Pac. Man, this is good. There are spots that only those two could pull off and only because their opponents are each other. Uh, Andrade ends up winning when he saw the replay to find out that it was Chavo who used an iPad to knock Pac out of the way. Uh, Andrade shook his head, looked at Chavo, laid Chavo out, and threw the iPad at him, saying, uh, you know, he may be evil and he may be dastardly, but uh, he, he doesn't win that way. So it'll be interesting going forward. Maybe Chavo goes back into being a backstage and, and that. I don't know. But uh, him versus Pac, fantastic match. It was uh, about 30 minutes of just video game. You can't make this up. Uh, Britt Baker, DMD, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter took on Ruby Soho, Rio, and Chris Statlander. Of course, Soho gets the clean victory, the clean win over, I think it was Jamie Hayter she pinned. They're still building up Soho. They're, they're trying to make it super legitimate when she takes on Britt. Once again, think they should wait three or four months before doing that. They didn't ask my opinion. And then the main event was Max Carter versus Brian Pillman Jr. They were in Cincinnati. Pillman Jr. came out in uh, Bengals-inspired colors, trunks. It's like his dad would have wore. Uh, I thought that was really cool. His family was also in the audience. He was able to win for them, to celebrate with them. thought it was a really cool thing. Ring of Honor. The Briscoes took on Bandito and Horace. Pretty good match. The Briscoes get a win there. Uh, Ferrara took on 
Uh, Josh the Goodswoods. Trying to remember his, his actual first name. I'm just going to call him Goodswoods. Uh, Josh the Goodswoods in a pure wrestling match. Woods won that one, which is going to lead up to something here in a second. Woods, they're really pushing in the pure because he does MMA fight. He does a lot of the amateur wrestling. He does a lot of the stuff like that. And he is a good representative for the pure division. So I like what they're doing with that. Um, LFI members Kenny King and Dragon Lee took on Violence Unlimited members Homicide and Chris Dickinson, who are the tag champions. Uh, LFI ends up winning that, and in the process, they won the tag team championships. So LFI gets the uh, tag belts back. That brought up, or that brings us to, there was a pay-per-view over the weekend. Not talking about trailer, we're going to get into that in a minute. Not talking about Bellator, that's this week. Not talking about UFC, that's this week. Ring of Honor had death before dishonor. Had some pretty good matches on it. Pretty good stuff. Uh, Dalton Castle picked up the win over Eli Isom. Jake Atlas, remember him? He used to be in NXT. Jake Atlas took on Taylor Rust. Taylor Rust got the win there. I bet you'll recognize Taylor Rust if you saw him as well. Um, Lee Moriarty, LSG, and John Walters all took on Violence Unlimited, who were able to pick up the victory there. Uh, OGK, otherwise known as Mike Bennett and, and Matt Taven, which is the original kingdom is what OG. K stands for. Uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett were able to uh, defeat the Briscoes because everybody else does. Why not? But they're pushing them as a tag team now. I could see OGK eventually going after the tag titles. I wouldn't mind seeing that. I just don't know if they're as strong as some of the other teams. I want to see more. Uh, Jonathan Gresham defended the pure title against Josh the Goods Woods and we got a new pure title winner. Josh the Goods Woods wins, I believe, his first title in Ring of Honor, and uh, he's the pure champ. Beat Jonathan Gresham. I think I think Gresham is uh, going to go more heavyweight route here soon. But uh, like I said, if you're going to move up to pure title, you move it off Gresham onto Woods. That that makes a lot of sense. It sets up a lot of matchups. So congratulations to, to uh, Woods on that one. Shane Taylor promotion members Shane Taylor, Moses, and Khan defended their trio belts against LFI members Kenny King, uh, Bestia, and Dragon Lee. In the finals, to determine the now vacant women's champion, I thought it was for a title shot, but turns out it's the vacant championship now, Rock C, who is only... I think she's early 20s. She's really good. Ends up picking up the victory over Miranda Elise. Good match. That tournament they had, hopefully they signed about half of them or better because there's a lot of talent that they brought in right there, and their women's division has always been pretty dang good. And then in the main event, you had EC3 versus Brody King. Versus Demon Flamita. Versus the champion, Bandito. Bandito keeps his belt. Of course he does. It made no sense to move that belt there. There's no build-up, no lead, no nothing. Had to be better than that. 
build up, have a have a. I think Bandito is going to drop it soon. I just don't know to who. Uh, they they've got to build up somebody, and right now, not a lot of people that's got the big clout. Well, congratulations to Bandito. Uh, as I said, Triller had an event. I'm gonna go over some of the results, and then I'm gonna go over the reaction, and then my reaction to the event and to your reactions. In the prelims, Anthony Chavez took on uh, Duel Ogvin. That was a majority draw. It sucks to go that many rounds just to find out it was a draw. But uh, pretty solid fight back and forth. Uh, Eliza Silva defeated Terry Roscoe by unanimous decision. That moved us to the main card. You see, here's what Triller's doing. Triller is trying to do, uh, they're trying to do entertainment fights, put on fights and events that you want to see with music acts and, and you know, celebrity boxing and uh, real boxing. They want to be a boxing promotion and an entertainment promotion. They want to put on great shows for you. That's what they're trying to do. And that's what they did here. You had David Hay defeated Joe Fournier. Shout out to Joe. He's a super guy. I, remember. I got to talk to him at the last event. He seems like so much fun. But he defeated Joe uh, Joe Fournier, got defeated by David Hay, the returning David Hay, by unanimous decision. Uh, pretty much 79-72, 79-72, and 80-71. Good, good fight for both, though. Good fight. Uh, Jono Carroll defeated Andy Vences, a majority decision. 95-95, uh, 97-93, 97-93. So my one judge saw it different. And then the two people are talking about. Anderson Silva KOs Tito Ortiz one minute and 21 seconds into round number one. Here's what I saw from this. Uh, Anderson was in slightly better shape. Tito come in, I think, five pounds over. They took the fight anyway. Um, Tito threw some pretty good shots. Silva threw some slightly better ones. There was a shot that seemed to rock Tito, and after it rocked him, it looked like Anderson punched him in the back of the head, and that's what dropped him. So, good for Anderson Silva. I want to see him do some bigger and better things. Obviously, Tito's going to rebound and do something else. I It wouldn't surprise me if we saw him in another one of these in a handful of months or doing something, but uh, Tito is rebranding himself. I'm a big Tito fan. Uh, I know a lot of you guys saw my post. I was rocking the old school punishment athletics hat all day in uh, support. But uh, Spider takes out the Huntington Beach bad boy. And like I said, I thought Tito was respectable. I thought Anderson just did a good job. He just he outfought him. And I know it was only a minute and a half in, but in a slightly longer boxing match, Vitor Belfort KOs Evander Holyfield. Round number one, one minute, 49 seconds. And Vitor come out swinging. But if you remember his MMA career, he comes out swinging. Evander did some good stuff. He he uh, he had some good shots in there as well. I don't think we've seen the last of Evander Holyfield. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily have to see him fight anymore. I'd love to see Evander just do some fun things. But, hey, if, if, uh, if he wants to keep fighting, then let him do it. But, uh... Vitor Belfort called out Jake Paul. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I think Jake Paul has the bigger name. 
right now. Vitor has the history. We'll see. If so, this would be around like Thanksgiving or Christmas, maybe first of the year. We'll see what that does. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever Triller puts on. Their events are, are always fun. They're always entertaining. I'm not just saying that because I saw one live. I watch them just like you guys do. Uh, they have good boxing. They have good entertainment. They have uh, top music acts. Triller knows what they're doing. They put on great events. And they're, they're just going to continue to keep building on those. And I look forward to what they're going to do. And then before we get out of here, let's talk about the upcoming Bellator. And UFC events this weekend. All right. Bellator 266. Let's see what I have. Either way, Bellator 266 is. This weekend, I believe it's Friday. It could be Saturday. Let's just look that up. Can we just look that up? Can we have somebody look that up? We have people here. Saturday. There we go. Saturday, September 18th on Showtime. And here's the main card. You've got the still undefeated Christian Edwards. Is Leon Edwards' brother, I believe. Why is he still undefeated? I thought... Okay, maybe I missed something. But he is 5-0 versus the 3-1 Ben Parrish. I'll be able to pick an Edwards in this. Maybe he does. Uh, he's got a 5-inch height advantage. Uh... Gonna be that's, that's gonna be an interesting one for sure, especially opening up the main card. You got Georgie Karakanan versus Saul Rogers. Uh, Georgie has he is 31, 11, and one. That makes him as 43 fights. He gives up two inches in height to Saul Rogers, who is 14, 4, and 0. I think I took Georgie in this one. Uh, it's that's that's going to be a barn burner. You got Alejandra Lara versus Deanna Bennett. I don't remember who I picked in this one. Honestly, I know Lara is the heavy favorite at nine four and 10-7 and one for Deanna. Uh, Deanna gives up about three inches of height to Alejandra. Sometimes that matters. You know what? I took Alejandra. I remember that now. Sometimes that matters, sometimes it doesn't. It is going to be a fun fight. You got the return of Neiman Gracie from the Gracie family. He has taken on Mark Leminger. Uh, looks like Neiman has a one-inch height advantage. A lot of people are leaning Neiman, but he has had some hiccups here lately to where it will be interesting to see what he does. That's going to be a fun fight. And then, finally, 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 we get to see Yoel Romero fight in Bellator. Yoel Romero is going to take on Phil Davis. It is the main event. Uh, a lot of people are picking Yoel Romero in this one. I think it's a coin flip. 
I really think it's a coin flip. It could go either way. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember who I picked. But Bellator, once again, has a just stacked, stacked roster. Let's go to UFC. UFC Fight Night. September the 18th, that is this Saturday, so they're going to go head-to-head. So for Fight Night, uh, we'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Looks like the whole thing is on ESPN+. Plus. Yep, whole thing on ESPN+. Plus. Looking through the card, um, first match of the night, Corey McKenna at 6-1 versus Emily Whitmire at 4-4, four four, the women's strawweight. Sign me up. Those two girls are going to get at it. And uh, I would side slightly with Corey McKenna out of Wales. Just slightly, because she's a fun fighter. I I like watching her fight. Looking through the rest of the card. J.P. Baez is going to take on Montel Jackson. Uh, J.P. Baez's wife fought, uh, Cheyenne Baez, whatever, fought. Uh, about a month ago, she had the uh, fantastic, uh, I think she had the crazy knockout, did she not? But uh, Montel Jackson, J.P. Buys, and Bantamweight, that's going to be really good. i got to talk about this one. You guys remember... Sarah Alpar. Sarah Alpar, she started the GoFundMe to help with her funding so that she could get the training she needed for her upcoming fight. Well, Sarah is fighting. Sarah is fighting on the undercard versus Aaron Blanchfield. i got to pick Sarah. I gave money to the cause. I mean, that doesn't make me any more special than you guys, but look, I had to echo what John McCarthy said. All the time, we as fans media members too, but we as fans say we would love to support or we love to support and rally behind uh, our favorite fighters and to help out and feel like we're part of, of the process. What better way than donating to them? Um, you know, you could buy their shirts. I don't know how much the percentage UFC-wise goes to them. I'm sure it's a decent whatever, but you can buy things straight from them a lot of times. In this case, Sarah started a GoFundMe. I was a part of it. A lot of you guys were a part of it. I've spoken to a lot of you guys. But, hey, here's Sarah. Let's see what our money. It's an investment. Let's see what our money goes to here. I'm cheering for Sarah. You should cheer for Sarah. And uh, good luck this weekend, Sarah. Uh, let's see. There was uh, Raquel Pennington is going to take on Penny Kianzad. That's going to be fun. And... Joaquin Buckley, who, if I'm not mistaken, had the crazy spinning back kick knockout a couple months back. He is taking on Antonio Arroyo. That's going to be a fun one. Ariane Lipsky is taking on Mandy Baum. The women's flyweight. Mandy Baum is 7-0-0. 13-7 for uh, Ariane, Ariana uh, Lipsky. Then we get to the main event. I mean, the, the, the main and the co-main. The co-main is uh, Ian Kudalaba, who is going to take on Devin Clark in the light heavyweight division. That's going to be a fun fight. Main event is Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. 
the light heavyweight, that's fun. That's going to be really good. Light, light heavyweight, like I said, they're going to go at it. And uh, you, you got to think whoever gets the nod in that one's going to have a, you know, be in the title conversation pretty soon. But hey, we won't know till we see it. Because if they have a, a, a decent fight that, that, you know, kind of uneventful that goes to the judges, okay. But if you show me something, if you show me something fantastic, then maybe they bump you into a good spot. But that will do it for us this week. Shout out to everybody who makes this show so amazing, so much fun to do. Remember, Big E cast in. You guys can cash in too by watching wrestling, watching MMA, supporting your favorite fighters, and continue to listen to this show. Much appreciated as always. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch combat sports. <laughs>